Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. The basis for our sermon this morning is going to be on the basis of God's Word in Ephesians chapter 5. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles, devices, or follow along. Screen behind me, it's printed on page 10 in your worship guide. This is Ephesians 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Live clearly. Let me start that again. See clearly, live brightly. When you see clearly, you will live brightly. When you see the sun clearly, S-U-N, you're going to live brightly. At least that's what science says. A friend of mine, a family member, actually recently shared with me a podcast that's by Dr. Andrew Huberman. It's called the Huberman Lab Podcast. And Dr. Huberman is a neurobiologist who is a professor of neuroscience and neurobiology, psychiatry, and behavior at Stanford School of Medicine. And he covers a wide range of topics on his podcast. But one thing he comes back to again and again, and I would actually describe him as like an evangelist for this because he preaches this same sermon again and again, is the importance, the vitality, the necessity to see the sun, to see clearly the sun. Because when you see the sun clearly, you will live brightly. You will live better. You know, your mom used to always say, get outside, get some vitamin D in you. But actually, science says it goes way beyond that. Here's some benefits of this, all right? Not to geek out about circadian rhythms or anything like that, but just a quick aside. The earth turns once every 24 hours. How cool is that? Every single cell in your body, God made it so that it kind of needs to get refreshed every 24 hours. And you know how that happens. It happens by sleeping, and it happens by seeing the sun, which, by the way, you see every 24 hours, right? Pretty cool. God created us, the whole world that way, right? So when you have this circadian rhythms get reset and sleep in the sun do that, this is what happens. Your mood improves. Your immune function improves. Your hormonal production improves. You increase in your cortisol production, your serotonin, epinephrine, which is like adrenaline, and dopamine. 
Not only that, when you see the sun clearly, you live brightly. It boosts your alertness, your focus, and your energy during the day. And get this, seeing the sun early in the morning helps you sleep at night. Science says that when you see the sun clearly, literally every system in your body is better. It is brighter. Your skeletal system improves, your digestive system, your hormonal system, your immune system, and your nervous system. See clearly, live brightly. All right, I need to do a quick disclaimer here. Don't go outside and just look up and stare at the sun. That's not what anybody is advising, but rather just look in the direction until it's like, like comfortable on your eyes. And if you do that for five to 10 minutes on a day like today where it's really sunny, or even, even 20 or 30 minutes on a day where it's really cloudy, this, this improvement is gonna happen. Here's what Dr. Huberman said. He said, I would place getting morning sunlight in your eyes in the top three of all health-promoting practices just behind regular exercise and sleep. Viewing sunlight each morning is perhaps the single most effective practice besides exercise and sleep for enhancing our mental and our physical health. See clearly, live brightly. That's what science says. And that's what scripture says that when you see the sun clearly, you will live brightly. And now you know here, we're not talking about the sun in the sky, but the S-O-N, the Son of God, Christ Jesus. What we have in Ephesians chapter five is a really beautiful unpacking of this biblical metaphor where God is light. And what happens when you see the light of the Son of God well, you live differently. You live better. You live brightly. So we're going to follow this outline today. We're going to unpack that idea of what it means to see clearly and live brightly. I said it that throughout Scripture, we know this picture is given of, of Christ as light. In the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, rather, John chapter 8, Jesus says, what? I am the light of the world. That's just simply Jesus noting that he is the Messiah, the promised one who come. The psalmist, the prophet said, the Lord is my light. Isaiah 42, that we just read a moment ago, said that he will be a light for the Gentiles or the nations. This is how scripture describes Jesus, that he is, John chapter one, the true light that gives light to everyone. That's your savior. So that's Jesus, that he is light, and not just that, he is the light, the true light. But does that make you and me? Well, we read that too. Ephesians 5 says, you were once darkness. And not just that you like were kind of groping about in the dark trying to find your way, but no, no, you were darkness. Darkness personified. All the darkness and badness manifest. You were darkness. That's hard to hear because we get it. We, we use dark as a synonym for bad all of the time. Like when something sad or bad happens, we say, oh, that's dark. Oh, don't want to get too heavy. Don't want that to be too dark. You know, 
so we don't talk in maybe negative ways. And when we hear of really heinous crimes, we say, oh, that's, that's dark. But you, me, were darkness. This is where the biblical metaphor of light and dark really hits home. You were blind. Without faith in Christ, without seeing the Savior, you don't see life as it really is. You think that your small t, small t truth, in other words, your ideas, is the truth, even if it's at odds with what is true and right. You are darkness. It means that you call the things that are bad good. And things that are actually good, nah, it's just meaningless. It doesn't matter. People who do not see spiritually, who are in the dark, don't see what lies behind a temptation, a particular sin. It's not just eternal darkness but it's an entire existence of darkness. This is how the Bible describes our reality. You, not, not just were kind of lost a little bit, can't find your way, took you a little bit to get out of the, of the dark woods. No, you were darkness. But it also says that's not who you are. Just like it says that is who you were, it says, now your reality has changed. You were once darkness, but now this is who you are. You are light. You are light in the Lord. Why? Because the glory of the Lord has shone on you. Isaiah chapter 60 put it this way. Jesus is going to come. And when he does come, this is to God's glory. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord God's goodness, everything that is great about him, it has risen on you. That's Christ. Fast forward to the New Testament. John chapter 12, Jesus says that I have come into the world as light. And here's the reason why. Not just to shine and say, hey, I'm Jesus, but he came for this reason. So that no, so that no one who believes in him should stay in darkness. What did Jesus do when he came? He dove headfirst into your darkness, into our sin, into our depravity, into our death. And he did it to rescue us. Because here's the truth. Darkness can exist where there's light. Jesus said, John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Now here's the good news for you and me, who were once darkness. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to worry about going back into the darkness and, and getting lost and not being able to find your way, but you were darkness and now you are light. You are light in the Lord because Jesus said, when he said, I am the light, says whoever follows me will never walk in darkness again, but they will have the light of life. I'm gonna be with them. All of my forgiveness, theirs, promises to illuminate their life so that they see life clearly, so that they can see sin for what it is, so they can see temptations for the danger behind that, so they can see this life and see that there's more to it. There's the hope of heaven. They can see all of that. Until you get to heaven with me, 
Jesus said, my word, it's gonna be a lamp. It is going to be a lamp for your feet and it's gonna be a light for your path. That's why the apostle Paul in our reading said this, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Why? Because Christ did rise. He rose from the darkness of the grave of death and he did it to give eternal life for you. You don't just rise to a new day. You rise from death to life. See that clearly. See the sun clearly. And here's the really good news. When you see the sun clearly, you see yourself clearly. You see who you are unmistakably and clearly. Yes, who you used to be. Darkness. Darkness manifest. Badness in the flesh. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's who you were. You are light in the Lord. That's part one. See clearly. See clearly who you are. And now naturally, look what follows. You live brightly. This is what God's word says. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Our conversion, going from darkness to light, is a very, very diametric shift. It's as different as the day from night. And as that change takes place, well, so also a change in what you do takes place. As children of the light, just like how children naturally take on the physical appearance of their parents, so also just naturally as a child of the light, guess what? You look like light because you are light. And what does that consist of? Well, it consists in goodness. You do good things that are a benefit and a blessing for your neighbor. You do righteousness. What does that mean to do righteousness? It means you not only do good things or things that flow from a place of love, but you do things, get this, that meet God's standards. God looks and he says, that's righteous. That's righteous. Not like a hippie, but like, that's righteous. Like, my son is righteous and you are light in him. Therefore, you do righteousness. You do truth. What you do, everything is it's true, it's good, it's righteous, and it's natural. You are children of light. You produce fruit of the light. And then it says, and find out what pleases the Lord. And this verse is kind of misleading because it's kind of like, find out? Do we have to like go on this quest and like look for what pleases the Lord? No, 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 it's not a mystery. It means most clearly just put your stamp of approval on the things that the Lord finds good. It's kind of like saying to the world, hey, world, you're gonna find out what pleases the Lord because you are a child of light. That's part two. In summary, what it means to live brightly. But here's where things start to get really interesting. Yeah, I said it at the introduction that every part of your body is affected positively when you, when you see the sun in the sky. But that's just you. 
this doesn't just affect you. When you see the sun, the S-O-N of God, clearly, you live brightly, and that doesn't just affect your body. It affects everybody. We've got to unpack what comes next in part two of this as we talk about what it means to live brightly. Verse 11 and 12 says this, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. We're talking about what it means to live brightly. And the very first thing, the first application, there's going to be two of them that our lesson from Ephesians gives is this, expose things. You hear that and you go, Oof, maybe, maybe I don't want to be light after all. Like, if living as light means that I'm going to have to expose things, that doesn't sound so fun. I don't want to do that. After all, I don't want to call anybody out. I'm not into that whole canceling of things or people. What does it mean to expose things? We're going, to, we're going to talk about that. We need to talk about that because as light, and remember, that is who you are, God has called you to expose things. He has called you to expose the deeds of darkness. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, the way we maybe, from a cultural, worldly perspective, think about exposing things is very different, much different than what God's word is talking about when he calls us to expose the fruitless deeds of darkness. First of all, note that. That is the difference. As we live brightly, here's the first fill in the blank, that we're gonna expose others, but note this. It is exposing others' deeds of darkness, not people. In 2021, uh, this gentleman, his name's John Gruden, got exposed. John Gruden was the then head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders national football team. And John Gruden is a very famous NFL football coach. He was a part of a lot of different franchises and football teams and did well. He was also a commentator for the NFL on ESPN. And you saw his face everywhere. But now you don't. Why? Well, John Gruden got exposed in an internal investigation of behavior in the workplace that actually dealt with a totally different team. It found out that John Gruden used language repeatedly, continually, in emails that wasn't good. And so he lost his job. He was forced to resign. And I'm not going to go into the ordeal about it, but it was right that he lost his job because what he did was not good. You could easily classify it as a fruitless deed, multiple plural, deeds of darkness. But here's what I do want to talk about, is what happened since John Gruden was exposed. All his emails got exposed. Can you imagine that? If, if your emails, if your text messages were to get exposed... What happened to John Gruden is he disappeared. His fruitless deeds of darkness got exposed and John Gruden disappeared. He stayed in the darkness. He doesn't have a job with the NFL. 
He doesn't anymore serve as a commentator for ESPN. John Gruden's fruitless deeds of darkness got exposed and he stayed in the darkness. And that's kind of what the people who exposed the deeds wanted to happen. They wanted his deeds to get out so people knew it so that he disappeared. He didn't do those deeds anymore. I get it. But that's different. That's different from what God's word is calling us to do when it says you are light and you are called to expose deeds of darkness. You're not actually called to expose people so that they just disappear. Like a cockroach is just disappears and scurries away when the light goes on. No, 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 no. Expose their deeds. Expose the things that they do. And here's why. So people stop doing them. So that people repent. It's crazy. Every single Sunday that we don't have an installation of officers, what we do is we, we confess our sins. We confess our sins in worship. And it seems really, if you think about it, crazy that we start out our worship by doing this, exposing ourselves, exposing ourselves before God and, and saying, I do dark things. I do dark deeds that are fruitless and pointless and unfruitful in my thoughts, my words, my actions. And it seems crazy that we would, we would do that, that we expose ourselves. Nobody wants to do that. And yet, why do we do it? Because God's word says when you expose sin and call sin for what it is, God gives his forgiveness. And so let's put some more more meat on this idea of what it means to expose others. Here's the first one, is that we as Christians, as children of like, well, we tell it like it is. We call a thing that is not good, bad. And things that are good, we call them good and true and righteous and right. This is what this passage was getting out when it says it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. It's not talking about that we never say anything that is bad. No, instead, what it's talking about is we stop joking around about things that are sinful. We stop making light of it. We stop pretending that, oh, we just didn't hear what they said when people say things that are sinful. We don't make light of it. We don't joke about it. And we don't act like it's okay or, oh, I, I just don't want to put my faith. I don't, I don't want to expose others. No, 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 no. Here's what happens when children of light, when Christian people don't, Say it for what it is. Don't call bad things bad, sinful, and wrong. Number one, people who are in the dark stay there. They stay lost. They stay lost in blindness and the darkness of sin. And number two, you grow dim. You aren't being who you are. You're not being a light, and that is who you are. You are not darkness anymore. You are light, and that has a profound effect. When you see clearly, you live brightly, and it means exposing things. And here's another way to put it. Exposing others simply means living brightly. And you see what I did there? I just reversed 
the order. Living brightly means exposing others, and here's a way to expose others is just live brightly. It means when two friends go out to the bars, have a couple drinks, which is not wrong to do, and you have one friend drink to excess and the other does not, well, that's living brightly simply by just, just living rightly. That the other person your friend, your roommate wakes up and sees like, I don't, this isn't good, I don't feel good. And the other person goes, you don't have to say anything. Well, I'm just living brightly. You have two coworkers side by side. One person is lazy or what's it called now, like bare minimum Monday. And the other person just works hard, works hard all the time. You don't have to say anything or do anything, but you live brightly. You have a married couple. One spouse says, hey, let's do X, Y, or Z. The other spouse doesn't have to say, oh, I don't think that would produce good fruit. No, no one talks that way. You would instead just live differently. And what that does is, is it exposes that that idea was not good. It was fruitless. That's living brightly. That's what it means when scripture says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Remember, the point in exposing darkness it's not to call people out or cancel people, but rather to call them to something different, to call them to the light. And that's where this goes. Because everything exposed by light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. You don't need to be a scientist to know this. Light is powerful. Have you ever had a light turned on while you're sleeping? It doesn't feel good, does it? Like if your kid comes in at like, you know, 3.30 in the morning and says they have to go to the bathroom and it announces this by like turning on every single light, that doesn't feel good. It wakes you up. Maybe that's why parents get back at them when they're teenagers and they go into their rooms by turning on the lights and saying, let's go, time to get it up. You've been there. A light goes on and it doesn't feel good. It wakes you up. You might call that like exposing something. It doesn't maybe feel good, but it is good because that same light that gets turned on and remains on, well, it allows you to do what you do throughout your day. Imagine if all of a sudden all the lights in the world just got turned off at noon while you're at work. You'd notice that and that wouldn't be good. You'd be in darkness because that light that our eyes are simply accustomed to, it's, it's good. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. What does it mean to live brightly? It doesn't just mean to expose others, but the whole goal with exposing dark deeds is this, is that we illuminate others that, well, they turn into a light. Look, it's a pattern. This is the same verse that we just read, maybe broken down. Here's step one, expose things by the light. When exposed things become light, they become visible. You think about that. When you walk into a room, we don't always process it this way. Let's say a dark closet, you turn on a light, what happens? You can see everything in your closet. It becomes visible. And then everything illuminated becomes a light. See what's happening here, don't you? There's this pattern. There's this pattern that has taken place from the very beginning of our scripture reading. You were darkness. Now you're a light in the Lord. Things that are lights expose things. And when things are exposed, they get illuminated. And what do they become? 
a light. We see some examples of this in our scripture readings this morning. Here's a man who's stuck in darkness. Darkness, yes, physically, because he's blind, but also spiritually, because he doesn't know a savior. But as soon as he sees his savior and believes, what happens, he starts giving light to everybody. He goes toe-to-toe with the Pharisees, the religious and political leaders, calling them out for their dark, sinful deeds and shining a bright life by professing Christ for who he is to others. Here's another one maybe you didn't see. Guess who wrote Ephesians chapter five? This guy named Paul. Paul used to be Saul. Saul was a guy who murdered Christians. And yet what happened when the light of Christ literally and spiritually shone in his life? Well, he started to change. He changed rather dramatically and he became a light to others. Can I give you one more example? Look around. This is a room full of lights. You didn't get to just be who you are, a light in Christ, without someone else shining in your life. Someone, maybe it was your parents, a friend or a spouse, was a light. They told you about Christ and the light of the gospel. And yeah, maybe it exposed some things in your life. But then you started to shine. Shine with the light of Christ because you are a light in the Lord. And what happened? Well, it's what continues to happen today. You shine on others, sometimes exposing, but more often than not, illuminating things in their life. This beautiful cycle, this is... This is the reality of living in the light of the Lord. It's a reality reflected in just the nature of things. You know what tomorrow is? It's okay, I wouldn't have if, unless I was preaching a sermon about light. But tomorrow is the vernal equinox. What happens tomorrow at 5.24 p.m. is that the days starting at 5.24 p.m. begin to be made more of light and less of darkness. And that continues to increase as we move on through the spring and through the summer. That more and more light increases. You don't need to be a scientist to know that light is powerful. Trees will begin to bloom. Plants will begin to blossom. Flowers. And you'll see everything begin to change. Light's pretty powerful. What takes place with the changing of the seasons has already and continues to take place in your life. First on a personal, if you want to call it a micro level, that your life of sanctification is one of increasing light. The light continues to grow and shine in your life. Yeah, pointing out some things that might be dark, exposing them for what they are. But those things in your life turn to light. And then you, on a not just personal level, but on a congregational group level, community level, light shines. Light shines together. Light shines in your community and in your lives, in your families, and in your places of work. Why? Because you've seen clearly the sun. And when you see clearly, you live brightly. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen.